All right, welcome back to the American Soccer Crash Course. Ready to deliver you this episode after recording 10 minutes and then realizing we did not hit record. <laughs> um, so we're going we're gonna to get back after it. Uh, just I told them I'm going to make all my jokes twice. So yeah, Hopefully they'll land the second time around. Uh, <laughs> boom, roasted. All right, <laughs> reminders. Uh, like and subscribe on YouTube if, uh, if you're enjoying our content. It allows us to really expand to a broader audience. Um, as well as you can rate us on Spotify. And finally, check us out on our socials. We have an Instagram as well as a TikTok. So we'll be posting stuff like interviews, word on the street, uh, all the way up to the World Cup. So really quickly, just to introduce Caroline. Uh, Caroline, casual fan, you want to you wanna tell us your quick soccer resume? First of all, I just want to say, if you're starting right now, you don't need to, if you're overwhelmed by starting over, you can start right now. You don't need to watch from the beginning. Fine. For the casual fans. Anyways, Fine. um... Yeah, I, I don't know any soccer other than through Christian, as he likes to say, osmosis. Um, but like More like me badgering you about things yeah, you don't care about, but that's I, okay. I know I knew what relegation was, but pretty much nothing else that they were talking about on this podcast. So, uh, like, definitely very casual fan. So, do you feel like you've learned a lot? Yeah, in the first 10 minutes. Well, good thing. We are. Good thing because we're going to put you up to a midterm exam to really see what you've learned. Um, I think Max is going to take it as well, our co-host, Max Heath. Max, welcome back. Yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> awesome. Um, so to just give you a quick agenda, we're going to talk about the main man, uh, or I should say main men today because this is an episode about a position battle at striker, which is a very important position. Caroline and Max are going to take – that midterm exam, like we mentioned. And finally, uh, Caroline's going to do a little vibe check on these four candidates, which is the ultimate ultimate test. So scoring is the hardest part of soccer. At the World Cup, the games are really emotional, as you can imagine, because, you know, it's such a big occasion. And having somebody with the composure to really put the ball in the back of the net is vital. So it's a huge deal to have a striker. The USA has not been able to establish who that guy is yet. No one's really taken the reins on this issue. Uh, and international teams just don't have the time to really gel and get the chemistry. So it's a matter of who's going to step up to the plate for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, and we're going to highlight the four, four candidates, all of whom have a legitimate shot. So to start off, we got Jesus Ferreira. Um, Jesus is what I would call the teacher's pet He's a 21-year-old who plays for FC Dallas in the MLS. He's originally from Colombia, but his dad moved to Dallas when he was 10 because his dad was playing for FC Dallas. So everything really came full circle for him when he got to play for FC Dallas, and he's taken his opportunity there. Um, unfortunately, FC Dallas is eliminated from the playoffs, so that's what he's up to right now. He's, he's just kind of training on his own. But he put up 18 goals and six assists in 35 games this season. Impressive haul. He had five goals and one assist in his 13 games for the USA. He was given really lots of chances for the USA, like I said, teacher's pet. And uh, he had four goals against Granada, which is a small little island country in the Caribbean. So he kind of padded his stats there. Caroline? Okay, I'm going inter to interrupt again okay. and ask, how many goals is good? Because I have no idea what those stats mean as yeah. a casual fan. Max, over to you. Yeah, no, and that's actually a good question. Um, Generally, my rule of thumb 
I would say is like if you're scoring half the games, if you're scoring about 50% of games, that's a good rate. Obviously, that's an oversimplified way of looking at it. But, you know, if you're looking at good strikers, that's a rate that I'd be like, all right, he's, he's good. He's, he's worthy of the, the chance to be on the USA. Yeah, and so Jesus also put up six assists, which like, you know, may, maybe – you might focus on goals more for strikers. There's definitely more con- soccer. It's like much more contextual. It's harder to just like look at goals, assists, and be like, all right, this is how good this guy is. Whereas NBA, you could be like, all right, 20 points a game. I know how good of a player he is. It's harder to do that, you know. So yeah. he looked in this, good in though league. in the MLS. Oh yeah, he 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 definitely played well. Um, there were some people who would say, you know, he's not really a conventional goal scorer slash striker. He's more of like this all around chance creating player. Like Giroud tendencies, maybe. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like he, he he does a little bit of everything. He combines with his teammates. He quote unquote finds space well, which you know I can't really pick out what that looks like, but that's what they tell me. Uh, and so he's really like a ner- soccer nerd, stat nerds favorite player um, because he has this high expected goals rate. And expected goals is a statistic that basically is like a computer analysis of hey, you should have scored this based on where you took the shot and this position, um, and this is, like, the number. So say he takes a shot that's point blank, it's, like, .99 expected goals. Um, but Jesus' kind of thing, despite the fact that he's been given ample opportunity, because he's not that traditional striker, he's tended to miss big opportunities when it mattered. So quite recently he missed a really big chance in the MLS playoffs, which was, like, borderline embarrassingly bad it was literally a tap in um and all the all the anti all the euro snobs on twitter were responding what was the expected goals on that chance um really just rubbing salt in the wounds um and for the u.s he's really on multiple occasions goals change games and he has failed to produce that goal to really take hold of the game so so max uh you uh you actually got us some got us some good traction on the socials for your take on the MLS. So uh, we're gonna brace ourselves. But what yeah. a, what, what, yeah. a, what um, what's your thoughts on I'm, MLS for, fans? Uh, cover your ears. Um, no, but yeah, like I said, I mean the MLS being a second rate league. Um, f- for him to he's played well enough in the MLS to earn the opportunity, but you know for for him to get the chance, but then kind of look not great um, once he has it is is really. For me, you know, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt being in the MLS, and he would have had to have played great to really feel like he deserves a chance. But, um, I, and granted, I haven't seen him play all that much. But my my take is no, and, and my the, my favorite striker is still to be discussed tonight. So, if you were to, there's a 26 man squad going to the World Cup, right? I think how it works is 11 start the game, and then there's like seven subs. Right. So what is that? You have like eight more who don't play. Yeah. So we got four guys. So let's let's put them in boats. How many are there total that play? Remind me. Eleven. There's eleven. You mean eleven starters? Uh, Depend, depends. Depends on one striker. Only one. Okay. One yeah. striker on the field. So, but, so let's put these guys. Let's put it in a four buckets, Max. Would you keep him at home? Take him on the plane. Put him on the bench, or start him. Yeah, he's staying at home. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think you you know. This order we're doing this in isn't a mistake. Um, I think, listen, he's a promising player. Hopefully he makes the move to Europe. Yeah. But um, I don't think he's shown enough to deserve the chance. Um, and also in, in regards to his playing style, 
I think strikers like that, like you said, that, you know, have the expected goals, the Drew type strikers that, you know, create chances, get in the space. I think those guys work better when your team is actually great. When your team is great, when yeah. you have a team that's going to dominate the game and you can kind of get this guy to get in some spots and get a goal here and there and like, you know, play well in combination, play what, what have you. Yeah. But I feel like we need someone that could actually just like score and like right. score goals that might not, not be likely scored by most people. Yeah, and I also this, think like this isn't the guy for that. Yeah, I think like that's a great point. And some of our best players are really chance creating monsters. Brendan Aronson right. is a chance creating monster. We haven't talked about him, but Christian Pulisic is a guy who is known for his ability to beat players and stuff. But he's not like a world class finisher uh, in that respect. So I completely agree. Uh, maybe somebody who just does the job is really the best fit here. Um, so let's let's go into some other potential examples, Caroline. I am gonna. I said it once and I'll say it again, but if he's a teacher's pet, I absolutely am rooting for this guy because I really (laughs) identify with him. Also, like, in terms of the expected goals thing, I guess, like, is it, is that, like, um, I don't know, like, is he creating, like, more expected goals than these other guys? Yeah, that would be the argument for him is that he – and it's this, it's this really, like we said, statistical nerd. Our coach has been known to overcomplicate. That's a big problem of his. And this is an area of criticism because it's like, okay, dude, let's just score. How about that? But he, like, creates more expected goals than, like, Pulisic or any of the um, – More than the other striker candidates, the gotcha. other center forward candidates. But fewer goals overall. Yeah, his performances have have. It's hard to say because this is a real position battle with people who haven't taken the chance. But ultimately, like we've just seen him get the sh- the lion's share of the playing time and not score chances that he should have scored. And so it's hard to hard to unsee that. I would say. All right. Well, the next striker we're going to be talking about is one that's a little bit better than the other. The the first one we talked about. Uh, Josh Sargent, the ginger prince who was promised. Uh, that was the good one, Christian. Nice job. <laughs> you didn't um, write that? Yeah, I like that. Um, anyway, yeah. So Josh Sargent, that's a name that, you know, U.S. fans have been hearing for a while. 22 years old. Um, first came over to play at Werder Bremen in Germany, which is a, a half-decent club. I think. They're still in the Bundesliga now. Yep, they are. I would um, also note, as we, we talk about his age, he is married with a child. Really? Yeah. Oh, Stephen Milhound. 22, and he had the kid at 21. Uh, these Christians. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't even. Sh- it wasn't even a shotgun wedding. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Was the child on purpose? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I said it wasn't a shotgun wedding. I feel like uh, these professional athletes. I feel like have to grow age really quickly in that way. Like, yeah. I think, like yeah. I think they're kind of like, well, I have all this money and I'm just kind of chilling here in Germany. Why not find a wife? Yeah. Well, I actually, and funny enough, you say that. I think like, except Christian Pulsich hasn't gotten that memo. <laughs> yeah. With. Yeah, I don't know if that's for the podcast, but we have debated. <laughs> Has Christian Pulisic ever talked to a girl? <laughs> it's up for debate. Up for debate. It's Based up. upon his Instagram pictures, I'd say no. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sister doesn't count. Anyway. <laughs> um, um, so, so Josh Sargent, I, I, I mean, you'd probably say three years ago was kind of projecting ahead, probably the de facto guy, right? Mm-hmm. He was ascending really quickly. This young kid in Germany looked great, had a ton of talent. Um, but I think kind of hit kind of a rough patch for a while. Um, got chances with the U S team, um, kind of didn't do great. He was, I, I, for so long, I really liked him because I just kind of was, I felt like I felt like I needed to think he was good, but right. then I actually looked at him like, wait, he really hasn't done anything. This he, was, game. he was really the prince who was promised. Right. I was waiting for it to happen and it really never did on the U S and really, you know, still hasn't in a way. Yeah. Um, 
but since he moved to Norwich, I guess had a little bit of a, a tough adjustment, but since then, this year's really picked it up. Eight goals in 17 games. Caroline, what is that close to? <laughs> 50, half. Half. <laughs> nice. So, pretty solid performance from Josh Sargent, albeit in the second division, but hey, we'll take it. Um, just, has, to, just, sorry, Max, just to add context to some of these club numbers, we're kind of at a period now where lots of these guys are getting – they're becoming the hot hand with their teams. It's just like – what what have you done for me lately as far as the, as far mm-hmm. the U.S. goes? Yeah. No, and, and soccer especially is very much, like, short-term focused. Yeah. Right? And I, like, when you think about NFL, NBA players, you think of their level as a fi- as in a fixed way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this player is this good till further notice. And soccer is very much like, all right, who's how much have you scored in the last five games, ten games, yeah. right? And that's more of, like, a determination of how you're playing right now and what your form is or what your, you know, level is. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Seems so, kind of harsh. It is. I, I, I like honestly. I, I, I sort of disagree with the way people. Think and why do you think sometimes. that is? I kind of. I have a little theory, but I, why do you think that is? I think it's. I think it's just sort of the nature of the sport a little bit. It, it is. It does lend itself to more hot streaks, cold streaks, mental. It is a lot mental, like similar to pitcher, right? You can be yeah. going through a rough patch, and it could be like, all right, this guy's just not the same right now. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's even more dramatic in soccer. Probably it, a pitcher has 162 games to figure it out, right? And then playoffs. Right. Maybe soccer is just like every th- every game's a big deal almost, or mm-hmm. the same level of deal. So. I have a theory. Yeah, go for it. My theory is just because there are so many people playing it that you just have to be good all the time because you'll be replaced. <laughs> Am I yeah, way off? Yeah, I mean it's very competitive, but I would say lots of sports are competitive. But uh, I see where you're across from. the world. Well, I'm. I mean, I'm just saying, like in the MLB. Yeah, I mean, there's maybe there's less dudes, but it's like still very competitive. I don't know. I just feel like the top of any sport is pretty competitive, but and there's even less opportunities to play soccer, like. Or there's sorry, there's more opportunities to play soccer worldwide as opposed to like, you know, the top right. thing in any other sport. But I I, I get what you're saying. So Max. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So you know, club level has picked it up recently. Um. I guess his U.S. stats. He has five goals and one assist in 20 career appearances, which is not great. Caroline ratio. Yep. That's Mental really math, bad. That's not that great. Um, <laughs> well, no, and, and as of late, has really just not been in the lineup too much. Um. And yeah, but he was called in the last camp, and I think he's definitely with the performance at the club level has played himself into a possibility of, of being on the plane to Qatar. So, what do you think, Christian? What what, what is your take on him? I guess we can hand hand it over to you for what play, bench, bring on the plane, keep it home. <laughs> I've, I've created the complicated think I might have game here. That. <laughs> no, I think you got it right. Um, hmm. You know what? I do think the long absence matters. I've kind of been juries out on Josh Sargent. I he was in the Premier League last year with Norwich, and then they got relegated down, and he was pretty poor in the Premier League. Granted, it was always going to be hard, but I also like by the same token, I look at this and I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with all these goals in the Championship? The, the English Championship is known to be kind of unique because it's so competitive, but also like I, I think if you do a few things right, if you're very physical. Maybe you can be really good at it. I don't know how that translates to a World Cup. So I'm still a little bit nervous about Josh Sargent, particularly upstairs, his, his like mental toughness and uh, kind of will to score sort of thing. And that's not like as much of a knock as it sounds. I just think it's, it's some guys got it and some guys 
donut, like that when the margins are so thin. Um, so I think I would take him on the plane. I agree with that take. I'm bring him on the plane, but yeah. And so and and you know what? We got three games in this yeah. World Cup. Like depending on what happens in the first one, I could start him game yeah. two. But uh, I, I'm not in case of emergency break glass. Yeah. Josh <laughs> nice, so. nice. All right, cool. So those are the first two candidates. Um, we're actually going to do a midterm exam, and we're going to break it up in between the candidates here. But uh, Caroline, you've been a loyal, great fan here, so it's really time to test your knowledge. Max has been in on a couple of these episodes, but I think this could be applicable to him, so we're going to have a little competition here. Okay, I'm ready. You ready? Max, ready uh-huh. to go? Ready. All right. So. It's wh- multiple choice, right? Multiple choice, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So Max, without without staring down the questions, because this is we got to give fair fair playing field to Caroline. Which two players got flack because they were hanging out on rival teams, specifically at Thanksgiving? I don't think we said the Thanksgiving part in the podcast. Dest and Jedi, Polisic and Weston, Tyler Adams and Polisic. Or Tyler Adams in Weston. Are you I, I asking think, me? Yeah, you and you and Max, you got to give your answers. Is it A B? You know what? Well, actually, should we do this? Should we do A B C D? Yeah, A B C D. Do you need me to repeat them? Well, I think I have my answer. Okay, who is it? B. Plissick and Weston. That is correct. That's one. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go over to Max now for the next one. We're gonna go back and forth. All right, scores one zero. All right, Max. Serginho Dest. What food item does he eat before games as a ritual that everyone thinks is kind of interesting? A baguettes. B pizza. Three glizzies. <laughs> Four croissants. You have to say it like this. Uh, I mean, so Dust is like barely even an American, so like I, I, I almost don't Fact. want to guess get glizzier pizza, but like based on the reaction to it being weird. Glizzy? The answer is baguettes. Oh, I was going to say bag- baguette, but I was like, that's too obvious. And as Lodge pointed out for us, um, he actually got messy on eating baguettes. Somebody fact checks us, we could be in trouble. But I think that's true. So, I mean, that's but like honestly, why why is that no like that's a good pregame snack? No, I mean, I mean it carbs. is, but I think he eats it before. Like that's like his ritual. Like he's at a nice restaurant and he orders a baguette. Is it? Is that just his dinner, or is that like the whole day leading up? I think it's like his dinner. If it's a day game, it's his lunch. If they're playing in the morning, it's his breakfast. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah, I don't, see, I don't see anything me. wrong with that. That no. seems like a good little pre Does he get fuel. butter on it? Um, I don't know, but I know that when he gets roasted for it, which has happened on occasion, his responses, and he has like this little Dutch accent, um, he goes, carb up, bro. He doesn't speak like great English, and that's that's his response. All right, so going over to Caroline. This is actually convenient because, Max, you were on this episode. What haircut does Aaron Long have? A, man bun, B, shaved head, C, mullet, or D, high and tight? I don't know what high and tight is, but I'm pretty, it's either man bun or mullet, and I really, I remember you guys talking about it, but I can't, I'm going to 
I'm going to go with man bun. It feels right. Oh, that's incorrect. It's a mullet. I know why she thought that, though, because remember we had the Tim Ream. Yeah, exactly. That's why I threw that in there. I threw it as a little nice. little distraction. couple in soccer, you know, lots of man bun guys. So many man buns. Yes, a lot. All right, so now we got a oh, 1-0 over back over to Max here. All right, Max. What does it mean when a player has another player, quote, in his pocket? A, they're being paid off. B, they used to be teammates. C, they hate each other. D, they're playing good defense. I'm going to go with D. That's when they're playing good defense. Hit that one right out of the park. That is exactly correct. That means they basically locked mm-hmm. them down. They were all over them. Got all yeah. the easy questions. <laughs> yeah, you think so? <laughs> um, all right, it's one-to-one here. All right, Max, you want to um, you want to give us your your next striker to talk about? Um, yeah, it depends on which one we're going to talk about. Do we want to talk about Pepe or Yeah, let's P-Fuck? talk about Pepe. All right. Um, let's get into Ricardo Pepe. Um, sorry. All right. So, Pepe. Um, yeah, he really burst onto the scene at a really young age, 17. Um, was playing for FC Dallas. Um, looked incredible. Looked great. Yeah. Um, you know, came over, played on the U.S. team a little bit, and really, uh, when he first came onto the team, he actually looked awesome. Had a couple of great goals, and yeah. I remember watching some of those games and being like, "This might be the guy." Right. And um, real quick, just to, we, we we referenced last week, like the skies burning down moment, or excuse me, the skies burning, the skies falling down moment was in the third game of the World's Cup cycle. We were losing, um, and things were really off to a bad start, and that was when he really burst on the scene got subbed on in the second half. No one knew who he was, and he scored this amazing header to really kickstart a big comeback for us. Okay, also, is FC Dallas just, like, really good? Hell yeah. Why has yeah. every player played there? Okay. Yeah, no, FC Dallas is kind of – they're definitely known as being a little bit of a – fact. like, they have a really good academy that develops good young players, so they really actually do kind of have a lot of the – um, good Americans that good young Americans that are in competition. Is there is there an, another team that's like a powerhouse, or is it mostly just them? Well, uniquely, they're actually so it's kind of funny. It's an interesting situation for their fans to be in, an interesting topic on the in the broader landscape of U.S. soccer. But their MLS team isn't even really that good. Like consistently, they were better this year, but historically, a lot of their fans have been fed up uh, because they're kind of like, hey, you know, you're developing all our talent and you're selling it to to Europe. So they've been really effective at doing that. They have, you know, Weston McKenney's an alum, Chris Richards is an alum, and now you have Pepe and Ferreira. Uh, and I think there's another big, big name on there, but it's, it is kind of incredible. Uh, but yeah, they're like kind of a talent factory. They're figuring that piece out of it, but they're not figuring out how to be really good in the MLS. You know what that, what team that reminds me of? Oh, yes. My team, Dortmund. That's all I've heard about. <laughs> exactly. That's that's a straight osmosis from me just whining <laughs> yeah. and complaining about how I picked a team that just sell players. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good call. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. Um, so yeah, he, he rode the momentum and, and got a shot in Europe. Um, transferred to Germany to a team called Augsburg, which, you know, obviously directionally the right move to go to Europe, but Augsburg was really kind of just a tough situation to go into because yeah. they suck and yeah. he was thrust into a position where he was on a team that's not going to score a lot of goals because they're not that great and he's the guy that's supposed to be scoring goals and it was just a tough position as an 18 year old mexican-american to be in you know Ger- augsburg germany yeah on a bad team trying to score goals so really had a tough season with them um but as of this year you know got loaned out 
um, to a team in, in the Netherlands and he's looked a lot better. Um, I don't know his exact numbers, but do we have them on the sheet here? Yeah, five five. Five, no, it's even better. Five goals and one assist in six games. Right, with small sample size, but I mean, those you can't do much better than that. Right. So, and the interesting thing is, we're really comparing teams from different leagues, right? So you got somebody in Division Two of England, you got somebody in the best league in the Netherlands, and somebody mm-hmm. in the MLS, and you're kind of like, man, you know, the common denominator would like we would love for it to be success on the national team level, but you're really trying to choose and evaluate, which is a difficult exercise for sure. Yeah, no, and they're in a way sort of comparable. Like honestly, like you can make an argument that the MLS is close to the you know the championship second division yeah. English league. Yeah, I think maybe harder to make that argument about the the Dutch league, but yeah, no, and it, it, that's that's the position we're in, I guess, with these strikers is we're not going to have we we don't have anyone that's you know we don't have any perfect candidates. Yep. So that's that's the game we're playing. But anyway, um, super hot lately. Looks good. Um, so yeah, and that that makes you optimistic about about getting him in this team. Maybe he can keep the momentum going, but we'll see. Has he played for the U.S.? Yeah. So yeah, he was really he really had a good stretch there uh, where he was playing, but then yeah, he went cooled down. Yeah. yeah, and so as he started to struggle in Germany, he went a full year without scoring a goal, and so our coach kind of like gave him some time off to try and sort it out, but. Uh, but yeah, he's. I mean, he's still just 19, so it's sort of like as much as some fans are pretty reactive and want to kick him to the curb, he's got so much more to prove and so many reasons for optimism. But um, yeah, Max, you mentioned his Mexican American status. Uh, that's just a really cool thing about him. Uh, nicknamed El Train, uh, like the train. He uh, was he was from El Paso and really debating both sides of. Uh, you know, where he was going to go play for his international career and chose the U.S. Yet another great win for our coach, Greg Berhalter. That's something he's excelled in. Um, Okay. One other thing, maybe this is self-explanatory, but I feel like for every single player on the U.S. national team, you say, oh, he's just 19. It seems like everyone's 19, so, like – is your question are all why? These, like, are all these players just going to stay on the team until they're 25, or are we always going to have 19-year-olds? Like, Yeah, I think that's a good point, and I think a lot of it is, like, excitement about what they could be. And a lot, yeah. a lot of it's that, and it's also kind of like sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle. Like, when you, it's you, could, it's easier to turn heads if you, have, if you score a goal and look really good when you're 17. It's like, oh, this guy, you know, played really well and he's 17. Right. we, we got to give him these opportunities yeah. because who knows what he could be. Um, so it's partially that and, and partially just, we do, we do have a wave of talent that's happened to come across, you know, at, the, at this point with a lot of players at this age. So that is good. It is true. We do talk about these a lot. It's like, Oh, everyone's 21 or 19. And, um, but it's, it's sort of true. Yeah. And a big part of that as well is when you miss the world, we missed the world cup and it was coming right at this time. We talked about the Pulisic movement and how he inspired kids to go to Europe or Carter Pepe would be right in kind of in that, uh, in that vein, as they say. Uh, we had to rip rip it up, and we decided, hey, we're going to just build the future now. We got a World Cup coming in 2022 and then at home in 2026, which is a great opportunity. Uh, so let's rip it up. Let's identify that young talent, and let's give them opportunities. So that's definitely mm-hmm. a part of it. Yeah, and a lot of it, too, is like a system. That's like looking at it is like, oh, like if we get all these kids playing together from the time they're 18, you know, 20 years old, that maybe, yeah. you know, as a team, that'll they'll develop and blossom. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, so – so here at Max, I'm going to ask you this actually, but you know, we've both shared our kind of 
how impressed we've been with Pepe. But how how much do you value his national team success amongst a year without scoring a goal? These kind of club team struggles that are now turning themselves around. How do you how do you reconcile those things? Yeah, um, I mean, with a lot of these strikers, it's kind of grasping at straws, right? Like you know, every, no perfect candidates. A lot of bad things about each one. But for me, the thing that sticks out is just like. I've seen it with him. Like I've seen him in a U.S. uniform have mom- like great moments. Like I've seen him score really good goals. I've seen him have moments where I was like, "Oh wow," um, and I I don't think I can say that about really any of the other three. And like they all other good things. Like you know, Pifak was hot early in the season. You know, there there's different things to say about each one. But for me, um, Pepe's the one I think I get most excited about. So with that being said, yeah, plane leave it. I should say leave it home plane bench or start at this point with you know the combination of what i've seen with him in a u.s uniform and him catching fire at the right time i think he's a guy i want to put on the field um nice. I, I think you know the united states is a team I, I think i think to actually to hit our goals for this world cup and actually maybe win a knockout game knockout stage game i think we're going to need some a, a moment of brilliance from a striker and i th- i feel most confident in that coming from peppy than any of the other three yeah um yeah, no. There's. It's hard to pick based on any level of consistency or pedigree, but my gut's telling me Pepe. I'm with you there. I would also like to start Pepe. Also, personally, I know I've broken it down into four categories, but I'd like to take all four strikers because I think we can cut uh, cut somebody else in another area that just isn't good enough to play. I think all four of these guys could honestly contribute, particularly when I consider that Jesus Ferrer is a teacher's pet and is a lock to go to Qatar. I mean, he's literally in the commercials that you see on Fox. Good vibes. Is he, is he really? <laughs> Teacher's pet. <laughs> is he really? Yeah, dude. Oh. It's kind of, huh. it's like Pulisic, McKenny, Adams, Jesus Ferrer, and you're like, one of these is not like the others. <laughs> if if they weren't playing striker and they put them in somewhere else, where would they go? Center mid? Uh, these four guys? Yeah. Like, could, oh, sorry. Would so I was just saying, I was just saying. Could they play or is that just not no, even an option? not realistically. I mean, yeah. Or I guess Josh Sargent did get part of Josh Sargent's struggles were that they stuck him out on the wing. So he could theoretically give you some versatility there, um, which if you were ever debating bringing him, I think that's a good reason to say, hey, you know, he can play two positions. All right, Caroline. Anthony Robinson goes by a nickname inspired by what series? A, Lord of the Rings, B, Star Wars, C, Harry Potter, D, The Hunger Games. Um, I don't remember the options, but I'm A. Well, do you want me to, what? Yeah, well, okay, so <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Harry Potter, or The Hunger Games. No, did I listen to this one? Yes, you do. You listen to this one. Okay, then I'm going with. Um, okay. Lord of the Rings. That is incorrect. <laughs> you know what, Max? Do you want to? Do you want to steal? <laughs> We're making this it one's going to be Star Wars. <laughs> the that Jedi. is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Oh. oh. That is, ugh, darn. I should have gotten that one. Does Max get an official point for that? Max, what do you think? Uh, uh, 
Sure. All right. I'll take, I'll We're take giving it. Max yeah. an official point for this deal. I mean, I am like on this podcast, so it's not kind of cheating that I'm playing. This, you weren't there that time, though. I wasn't. I wasn't. You were not there yeah. that time. No, so that's, that's true. All good. Um. All right, Max. I know Caroline hasn't listened to this one, so this will this will be uh this might go into your your general ball knowledge here. Tyler Adams commuted every single day from age 11 to age 18 playing in this MLS academy from A, Philadelphia to D.C., B, New York to Philadelphia, C, Connecticut to New Jersey, or D, New Jersey, or excuse me, D, New York to New Jersey. Well, I know it was to New Jersey. Um... Was it New York to New Jersey? That is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bang. Yeah. Yep, Red Bull Academy in New Jersey. <laughs> exactly. That is correct. So Tyler Adams has logged the miles. He's not a Connecticut guy. Definitely not. No. Yeah, he's 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 too gritty for that. All right, Caroline, you ready for this? Yeah. All right, this one might be a tough one, but I think I think you you're prepared. <laughs> I couldn't get Jedi. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you figured it out now, Jedi. <laughs> I don't I don't even think I know this one. All right. What soccer legend has in my words unfairly targeted Polisic of late? A son of Love Island con- excuse me, son. Father of Love Island contestant <laughs> Michael Owen. No, no chance. Okay. I know I know his name. <laughs> okay. Um B Thierry Henry. C Jamie Carragher. Or D, Gary Neville. None not, of these, not to be confused with Neville Longbottom. None of these sound remotely memorable. So I'm, but I'm pretty sure B. B, Terry Henry. That is correct. Nice. All right, it's three two. We're making it up as we go. We're gonna give Caroline the chance to tie this one up and give her another question. <laughs> Our last one, unless I can think of something on the fly. All right, Caroline. Which of these countries has Eugenio Dest not played in? A, the Netherlands, B, Italy, C, France, or D, Spain? I just listened to this episode. France. Wow. All right. Wow. Nailed that one. Nice. It is all. Milan, his beginning club was in Amsterdam, Mm -hmm. and then he played at Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona. That's some serious. She's been studying. I'm a yeah, true she fan. Really has. Yeah. All right. I got one last question for you guys. Christian Pulisic's favorite candy is chocolate, I should say, is in all likelihood Halloween chocolate, I should say, is in all likelihood A, Reese's, B, Crunch, C, Hershey's. Or D, Almond Joy. <laughs> You're not going to get me. This is a real bonus one. Hint, it has to do with the city he was born in. Are you asking me? I'm asking whoever gets to it I first. I know the answer to this. Hershey. Yeah, Hershey. Right, Hershey, Pennsylvania. But I'm out of bonus questions. If it were me, I'd be picking Almond Joy. Is that Joy. actually his favorite? Yeah, yeah, the- no, that was just me trying to get... Oh, know, just oh, use context Halloween. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. nice. Yeah. But uh, I think you both get. I think that just bo- means you both get 100% A plus on the test. So congrats on passing your midterms with flying colors. 
um, I think you got 75%, so hopefully that gets you through. It's pass-fail. Pass-fail, yeah. <laughs> Swiss Army knife, good to have him. So, yeah, uh, to, to wrap up today with our last guy, Jordan P. Falk, I'd say he's in the doghouse. Um, he's a 26-year-old French-American international. One interesting thing about him, a couple interesting things. He, he goes by a bunch of names, which is very confusing. I know that sounds weird, but, like, there's something about how he chose to choose to, rep, choose to represent the United States and his mother is American. And so it's something like he, his mom's main, main name is P. Fock, so he goes by that when he's with the U.S., but C. Bachu when he's with his club team. But then it got all confusing, and now it's the back of his jersey just says Jordan. It's all kind of like, okay, dude. So he plays at uh, FC Union Berlin. Um, Union, as they say. Uh, and the t that team is actually currently first in Germany. They're ahead of Dortmund. They're ahead of Bayern. Uh, they're having a really good season. That may not be sustainable, but he's a guy who starts every single game for a team that's first in Germany. And he's from Germany? He's from France, but is a French-American. Like his mom is gotcha. American. Okay. And, and is that surprising to you? Like, Caroline, hearing that you, you hear me talk about Dortmund. Um, is it surprising to hear that this guy's just amongst the other three guys we've listed, knowing that he's first in Germany? No. No, why not? Because Germany's the Bundesliga is just such an amazing league. So that's what I'm saying. So is it? So I'm sorry. Breed I should good players. I should paraphrase. Are you surprised that he's with the other three as opposed to way ahead of them? Yeah. Yeah. He should be way ahead. Yeah. Interesting. So. Um, he is, like I said, in the doghouse. He's not a favorite of our coach, and he never has been. Um, po posing this question to you, our coach has been known to really care about, like, the mood of the team, the, the kind of how everyone's gelling. So, Max, hypothetically, I think your guess may be as good as mine here, but he doesn't speak great English. Do you think that is something that I should say, not even like he doesn't speak great English. It appears he's 26, he's represented the U.S. for a while, but he like doesn't speak much English at all. Uh, do you think that's something that matters in a, in a locker room, dressing room, and should it matter? I think it matters a little bit, but I don't think it does that much. Um, here's why. These guys play in these club teams around the world. Half, half the players, they're used to players not knowing English. They don't yeah. need to know perfect English. And by the way, PFOX played long enough on these teams to know enough English to actually to understand what's going on in the field and have enough communication to go get by. Yeah. I think it matters a little bit, but I don't think it, it should sway any decisions that much. Yeah. That's great analysis. Yeah, I didn't think about it. I think... What do you think? Or what do you think? I think being really positive in the locker room is something I really support. And I think that even if like you're necessarily like as long as you're picking close to the best player I really think attitude is what win like I think that's very important so I support the coach yeah it's interesting I uh and it's not even to say like oh he's got a bad attitude but just kind of like when a guy can't really connect with others on some level or whatever it may be or don't know what to call him because he's got 10 names you know uh, I don't know. That's that's kind of just maybe preference of the coach. But, I mean, to get down to the brass tacks of it, he has three goals and four assists in 11 club games as the number one team in Germany. Those are some really good stats. Uh, so he's had one goal in nine games for the U.S. I would say very few of those have been starts. Uh, and he did one of those goals was in a, like a knockout game. Uh, 
within North America, but he's never really been like a part of the team in a consistent manner. Um, I will say the last time we saw him, he got subbed on uh, in the second half against Mexico in a 0-0 game. And Gio Reyna, who's one of our players, put this absolute ball on a platter, like tap in goal for him, and he hit it to the corner flag. And it was so brutal. And Gio Reyna, who's been known to be kind of an ass to his teammates, literally gave him one of these, like, what are you doing expressions, uh, which I, I, I did feel bad for him because it was it was so bad that you almost were like, okay, this is not like an indication of how bad this guy is. It was that terrible. Um, so hopefully we're not giving double standards here. But uh, he's kind of like what you think of an old-time striker. He And that's what he does for his club team. They ask him to play a simple role. He scores lots of headers. He's really physical, easily the biggest body, and easily the – of the four guys we've listed, the other three are kind of similar. They're more slight build. They're quick, uh, and he is a, he's a real bruiser, uh, and he scored lots of goals with his head. So, um, Max, your verdict on Jordan Pifak? Yeah, I think he deserves to be on the bench, ready to come in. I think he's probably he deserves playing time. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about the English thing, not playing the best for the U.S., but I think with these other guys, right, one plays in the second division in English, one plays in the MLS, one plays in the Dutch league. Here, we actually got a guy that plays not only in the Bundesliga, but on the top team. That alone, like, if he doesn't, is there a good chance that he's not in the team? Like, It's, it, it's a scary, real chance that he like, does not he, get taken. This, th- th- there should be no discussion. I don't care if everyone on the team th- hates him. This, yeah. he, based on his performance, this needs to be he needs to be in the team. And our coach has given the reason that he knows what he gets from him, so that's why he was not called into the last camp. Lots of people were really sniffing through the BS there saying, Listen, if you're not at the last camp before the World Cup, there's no silver lining. That's mm-hmm. bad. Uh, right. And but, so, but to that point, what 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 I the reason I don't have him starting over Pepe is like I don't think he has kind of the X factor that Pepe has. Like yeah. he's kind of more of a you know he'll hit, get headers in, but on his club team he's good, but he's not expected to score a lot. He doesn't right. produce like great goals. Yeah. So I think he should be in the team, get some playing time, maybe start a game, but. A game, but I think the guy going into it should be Pepe until further note. I like that. I, I would also note that, um, like like we've touched on, different profile. I think that having somebody, if, say, we're down in a game, say we're down 1-0 to England or something like that, throwing a guy on who just you know is going to be big physical, that might give you the best chance yeah. of scoring in a game that you're getting outplayed. So Yeah, or even the opposite. If we're up 1-0 and we need a physical guy yeah. that you know can maybe get an extra goal. Or just, you know. But, yeah, I should definitely be in. Yeah, good to have something new. You, uh, you said it looks like he had something. Well, I would just say I didn't – one thing that I didn't realize that I feel like the viewers should know is that, like, you not st- – it's not it's not like in little kids soccer where there's, like, one starter the whole time and, like, that's how it is for the season. There's no chance of getting off the bench. Like, based upon what you've told me, like, you can come off the bench later and, like, if you play really well, there's, like – a like a pretty good chance that you might like start the next game right which i think i don't like i, I didn't really you know understand how big of a deal that is right yeah if you're starting how you're playing when like you're coming if you on. start yeah. it's not like you're always the starter like you still have to prove your yourself every game for so. sure and i would say he got so he's got three three goals four assists in 11 club games i think he had something like three and three in his first like four or five so yeah, he's he cooled down off in a that period bit, too yeah. Um, it's so, but his so, team's still, I mean, they're still first, right? Yeah, I mean, and so he's doing something right, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot, lots to mull over. This has been a really good, interesting discussion. Um, 
So Max, to reiterate, within our four buckets, would you be in the the bench category? Bench. There? He's my number two. Yeah, yeah same, but, same here. Yeah. He's in my bench. So I guess uh, number one, Pepe. Two, P. Fox. Three, Sergeant Ferreira. Stay in Dallas. All right, there we go. And lastly, uh, we've done you know lots of great analysis here, but it's time to really get down to the important thing, which is vibes. Um, So, Caroline, you are our vibes consultant. Um, We were at a bar the other day, had like seven people around a table, and we started going through the list. And you had some flaming hot takes on good, bad, good vibes, bad vibes. Max, to name a few, uh, Caroline thinks that Ryan Day has good vibes. Really good vibes. Ohio State, Ryan Day. Yeah, I don't like Ohio State, but I think he has really good. What are your thoughts? Okay, I'm kind of there too. But my, I I think he has pretty good vibes. My cousin said Ryan Day is the type of guy to look at his daughter and tell her her skirt is too short. (laughs) That's also true, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have good vibes. (laughs) Kai also notably said that Coach K has good vibes. Ooh, I don't know about that. (laughs) That's come on. But, but anyway, it was a really good – it was an enthralling conversation. So we're giving you the final word on our four strikers here. So let's go – let's check out Jesus Ferreira first. We're going to see how effective this uh, this exercise in, in a segment is in the form of some pictures. So we'll have the visuals up here on YouTube. Caroline, why don't you break down what you see here? Are we going to have all three? Okay. Um, first off, I'm looking at this photo of him strolling through the – Wilderness. And you don't know who this is? No, I... Well, I do because I... Context. He's... um, I'm not going to lie. Like, he's not that great of vibes. Okay, not that great of vibes. I'd say he's, like, medium to negative. Medium to bad. (laughs) Okay. Medium to bad vibes on Jesus Ferreira. Uh, (laughs) This feels a little bit in line with our analysis of his play. Uh, Up next, Caroline. Uh, okay. Yeah, this guy's great vibes. Wow. Like, come on, that's like really good vibes. Great, but that's a, so that's his signature celebration. He hits one of these. He's you can tell he. This is like the some of the best vibes I've ever seen. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> you and Greg Berhalter. Yeah. Like, don't wait, see eye to eye. These vibes are so much better than Ryan Day. I cannot even tell you. <laughs> I kind of. That's lie. like. I do have to say, anytime a soccer player, American soccer player, drapes himself in the flag, I kind of get chills. This is the best vibes photo. Way to my heart. The one where he's like this. Yeah. Well, he does that with the flag. Well, no, the one where he's in the red and white jersey. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's going to win. Ooh. Yeah, this guy's... No, this guy's bad vibes. What? Is this... Peppy? He's bad vibes. I'm oh sorry. my god! I can see if the picture oh. from the the cowboy hat picture is is you know it's this it's photo. <laughs> you kind of I think you wait, might wait, have the cowboy hat picture is so sick. I think it's sick. I but don't. I'm thinking from a female perspective. I can see. He's no. Bad he's bad vibes. What about? <laughs> Hold on here. What about this? I think tattoo? you only sent this? me two of them. What about this tattoo? This guy got uh, his face on the train. Does this change your... That makes the vibes kind of worse okay. than they already were. Okay. Peppy train? <laughs> yeah. L train. Yeah, no, I'm not on the peppy train. That's, that makes me sad, honestly, but I respect your opinion. All you, all you guys talk about is peppy all the time. That's the only... If I had to take one name away from this entire podcast, I think it would be Polisic and Peppy, the two Ps. I would say we're doing our job then. Yeah. 
Josh Sargent. I included that thing in there with his very interesting Instagram um, situation, which is zero posts. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that part. I mean, you're going to have a child and you're not even going to share it with the rest of the world. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. You, you, you like the privacy, vibes. Max? I like He's the privacy. He's really good vibes. Really Let's good. Out in the streets now, not having an Instagram. I saw a, a TikTok of girls like are super into guys without Instagrams. <laughs> yeah, because they can't post anything mysterious. to embarrass themselves. Because it's mysterious. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. But uh, Sergeant, it kind of defeats the photos. purpose when you have one and have 83,000 followers and just don't post. It's a little weird. It's it also to defeats the no, purpose. No. Does he do stories? It's a little hard to be mysterious when you're married at 21 years old. Um, no, I don't even think he does. I mean, what's the why does so why do you follow him then? What well, if you're one of those eighty three? No, I don't no. follow him. I just looked it no, up for purposes. Hypothetically, of this. like, why do these eighty three thousand people follow a ginger with no posts? In or the stories? hopes that he will one day post and they'll get to see it, the first post. I'm, I, I'm hoping he will one day score some goals for the U.S. men's national team, and that I will Same. get to see it. I Same. like him. He's right. really good vibes. So you're also. <laughs> okay. So your official really good vibes. Your vibes power rankings. What? Where do we Definitely. stand? Definitely. And and you have to put them in the format of plane, at home, bench, and start. What's the second guy's name? Uh, Peafock. Jordan Peafock. This one. Yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Peafock, starting. Peppy, leave him at home. Tough. Uh, bench is. Josh Sargent. Okay. And who's the other guy? He's my he's my take with Ferreira. Okay. Although on he's uh, he's like barely he literally is on the plane last second. I mean that peppy that peppy picture with the cowboy hat is one of the hardest pictures I've seen in the U.S. Men's National Team. So I'm I'm disappointed. He just, but he I just doesn't him. look good vibes though, Christian. You're going for vibes. All right, all right fine, fine. Same person who said Coach K was good vibes, but that's fine. All right, that's all we got at the American Soccer Crash Course today. This was a super fun episode, really highlighting a big issue for the U.S. men's national team. So, uh, yeah, stick around with us. We got we got a few more coming here as we lead up to the World Cup. 22 days away. Insane. Really insane. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.